This this should be the cold open of the episode. It's just you and I trying not to have a conversation. It's not hard. Oh, so how are things? She wrote. She wrote. I'm three feet from my router, but it's unstable, like my personality. <laughs> California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens, the only podcast about the OC that has ever existed. This week we are presented by Monster Energy Drink. Shout out to them. Monster Energy. My name is Ryan Drake. I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, including our fearless leader of the conga line. It is Chelsea (laughs) Trinidad. All the way up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, Uh, Hello, thank you. And I appreciate that shout out, especially on today's episode, having to do with organized dance functions. (laughs) Wow. I didn't even know that's where this was going. That was a very... I didn't either. It just came to me. It just came to me. We're professionals. I like like it took us (laughs) 11, 12 episodes to get here, but I'm happy we're here. First unscripted moment on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking behind the scenes where Dylan types out. Dylan has been scripting every single... (laughs) podcast that we've ever recorded including the bonus episodes yeah even when i forget what we've talked about he even the bonus episodes where we tell like my childhood memories dylan is writing all of that (laughs) i the the listeners can tell that i really hate myself a lot because i write all of ryan's dialogue that's right uh that is of course dylan Irwin, who wrote this into the script for me to say hello dylan Hey, I, uh, I'm really excited to be here, and I'm also really excited that I still haven't and will not watch Squid Game, um, but I'm ready to get wow, into it. Wow, Dylan, that is like a personality trait now, like, oh, I haven't watched Squid Game. I yeah, also have yeah. not watched Squid Game. Hey, I'm going to watch it now just to spite you. Or no, this can be our thing. We can be the no Squid Game boys. So again, leaving that space to edit that out from Dylan, and I just want to say that we've got two episodes today. <laughs> this is getting too meta. We have two episodes of the OCA to cover today, and then just one more. This is the penultimate episode of the season, guys. Uh, then just one more next week. We'll be back next week for our finale. We're dedicating the entire probably four-hour podcast to the finale of season three. I gotta say, I I really enjoyed these two episodes. Like, these were maybe... Definitely the second one, the one that I'm covering, the man of the year... I feel like it's the best episode of season three. Hmm. I will reserve um, my judgment until I find out what Chelsea thinks to determine if I want to disagree with her or you, not. You don't remember what you wrote in our script. I don't. I can't. Wow. Dude, I write so many of these. I've already finished the fourth season. Dylan's Just going wait on. until the series finale. Dylan's y'all. going off book. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, let's get into these two episodes, shall we? Um, let's start with episode number 23, The Party Favor. Bad news, guys. The Party Favor only features Sandy Cohen on screen for four minutes and 48 seconds. Dylan, tell me more. 5.41 million people received their party favors on April 27th, 2006. And guess who packed those baggies? It was none other than John Stevens. Let's talk about this party favor. All right, let's do it. Um, So episode starts with, I thought Ryan was going to say something, so I got kind of awkward for a second. I was like, (laughs) is it it my turn to talk? (laughs) No, look Um, look at the script. I highlighted all your parts. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Dylan. Um, It's the prom episode. That's what I was going to say. The episode starts with the core four being splintered. Um, Seth and Summer are broken up. Uh, Ryan plans on not going to prom. But obviously, this is a show about high school. So they're going to highlight prom. In all the other seasons, prom and high school dances have been kind of a key feature. So we know that this is going to be a big episode. Um, Seth encourages Ryan to invite Teresa 
So Seth really seems like he's building up the romance and um, sentimental factors of prom. And he does this laugh in season two also. He's like, prom is romance, and romance is what Summer wants. So it makes it even more frustrating that he's actively ruining this precious event for Summer. I Um, already (laughs) have problems with this. I already have problems with this. Like, last night I watched the season two episode. We're in season two now, my other (laughs) rewatch. Where Summer has the monologue with Seth, like, you only want the chase, basically. Yeah. And I felt, I felt that so hard here. Because Seth's just like, well, I'm fucking around, and I'm lying to Summer, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, it's prom. I have to go to prom with her now. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you've had so many opportunities to, to not fuck this up, and you continually fuck it up, and now it's, suddenly it's prom, and you miss her. I feel like Seth has a really, really bizarre arc in these two episodes. Like, more bizarre than usual, and we'll get into it, but just right right at the top of the episode, Seth is already making things not very fun for um, So they have kind of a nice little segment here where they show Ryan asking Teresa. Um, Teresa's, by the way, as much as I dislike Teresa in the first season, I love her this season. She's like an awesome and supportive like aunt. Well, she's a mom now. Yeah, so, yeah like, my, my, mom. my only note really about Teresa was that she seems like such she seems so much older than the rest of the kids. And like, I think she's why? supposed to be this the same age, but she seems much older. She looks he, a little older. He took a woman with a child and a grown-up job to prom, so like I mean kudos to Ryan. <laughs> That's some big dick energy right there. <laughs> Bay, um, big ant energy. So Seth lures Summer to the diner um, under false pretenses, <laughs> which is so stupid. Um, unsuccessfully asks Summer to prom on a pancake. Uh, she is cold as ice about it. Um, and Marissa asks. He says Bol- he's a brown guy. Thanks, doesn't Dylan. He, doesn't, no, doesn't doesn't he doesn't he lure Dylan, her there by lying? <laughs> no, <laughs> this is where I get canceled. No, but isn't that? I feel like that adds another layer of just skullduggery to it. He he lures her there by pretending that he's someone from Brown and they need like another interview or something like that. First of all, I want to figure out how that actually went down. Like, did he do a voice? What was the situation there? But I thought that was a little bit much. I The thing I didn't understand about all of this, and I mean, there's always something I don't understand about these episodes, was just that this is, this is kind of... it's getting into jump the shark territory just like he can't just tell he's like well i've tried talking to her and i was like have you tried just sending her a text message that said hey i didn't get into brown that's it right like just tell her hey i didn't get it like he wants he's like i'm trying to tell her the truth but she just won't give me the opportunity i'm like it's not hard to just say it right Mm -hmm. yeah or he could send a letter as we learn later in the episode is a very effective (laughs) method of communication with a stamp (laughs) um so and then marissa uh asked volchek and he predictably is kind of a dick about it, like kind of noncommittal. Um, early, earlier in the episode, Seth and Ryan see him making out with some skank on the pier. So, um, wow, some skank. In Marissa's house. <laughs> some skank. Wow, some skank. Chelsea. She a skank. I'm judging. So do you still, I'm asking, do you still think that they are a couple? even having seen that now, because I feel like there's no way. Well, but then Ryan asked her later this episode, like, so are you and Volchek, like, still seeing each other? And she says, yeah, so... I guess there's just a line between what we consider seeing each other and what we consider to be, like, a couple. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I've I've forgotten. You you have to remember, I've been with Alex for, like, 10 years now. I kind of forgot what the different stages are. You go from, like, talking, where you're just texting each other, to, like... To yelling... Yeah, it's like you go from you can go from casual to being in a relationship, and I don't feel like they're in a relationship. I still feel like they're casual. I guess. Um, Marissa mm. actually makes a pretty funny joke when she's talking to him. She's like, "What did you like have a bad experience? Are you like traumatized about prom?" And she makes a joke about him going to like a recovery group. 
Um, but eventually he agrees. Seth, meanwhile, calls Anna to ask advice for Summer. Um, Anna's also being a good friend, but <sighs> like, it's also just so annoying. Like, why are they? Why are they always scheming together? Like, why do they always have to manipulate? It's not, it's Summer? not even scheming. It's not even manipulating Summer. It's the fact that Seth is so helpless and worthless that he cannot do anything on his own. He can't do the right thing on his own. He has to have someone who's written into the show fully dedicated to help him accomplish his goals. Like he cannot do a goddamn thing on his own. Everyone does everything for him. He is incapable of talking to Summer. So they had to write Anna back into the script because they knew it would be too (laughs) unbelievable for him to just talk to her himself. They had to write Anna back into the script and have her fly across the country. That is psycho stuff. Like, to that help is not him a sweet thing to, to do. To fucking wipe his ass and to help him get his shit together when all he has to do is say, hey, Summer, I didn't get into Brown, so I lied to you. But I'm no. I'm torn because I, I think this episode would have been really, really good if they brought Luke back also, but they refused to bring <gasps> Luke back. I have a note that says Luke would have... I have a note that says Luke should have showed up in this episode. It's the prom episode. And Marissa was... When there was a scene where Marissa... I know we're jumping way ahead. There's a scene at the end of the episode where Marissa's alone on the pier drinking. And I was like, this would have been a perfect moment for Luke to slide back in. And then instead of having to kill... And you don't have to kill Marissa. She could just move away with Luke to Portland and they could be happily ever after. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, Ryan made us both better people. And now we're together now. Or whatever. Yes. But uh, the Uh, other thing that that he could have easily be right in is he could have gone with summer instead of the random uh k-pop person i think that would have made perfect sense because then it's like oh the core four you know it's a little bit unsatisfying that their senior prom they don't go to together but it would have salvaged it if we got to see some old favorites like it would have been better yeah, than like, oliver showing up like luke, luke comes and goes that, to summer. i would have preferred that i would have preferred having <laughs> oliver show up to be honest that would have been awesome no i don't think luke and summer i don't like that i do think luke should have been in this episode but it's all it's all luke and marissa like it's all about luke and marissa Full, um, a full circle moment. Well, okay. Speaking of the prom dates, uh, what what was y'all's take on? I mean, Taylor is our favorite character. Can't do no wrong, but uh, she she was a little racist to this whole episode. I, she? I'm not going to touch whether or not she was racist at all. Um, I feel like I problematic. Maybe maybe not like overtly racist. I mean, she, doesn't see. she describe her date as be, having like a wonderful hairless body, like hooking up with like a, a seal, like a yeah. baby seal? But I mean, they were clowning them based on race for sure. Like the little whole sequence where they keep bowing over and over again, and where they act like it's so preposterous that he's like a sex icon in Korea. By the way, had you any of you heard of K-pop? Is this the earliest reference any of us ever had to K-pop? Yeah, this, like is, my, had, this yeah. is my first time I've ever heard of it. I um, have a note that she's like ahead of the game. Yeah. yeah. And the band Big Korea is a play off of uh, Adam Brody's band, Little Japan. Which so, is a joke they've done before. Big Japan. Yeah, it's Big, Big Japan is Adam Brody's band, but they already made this joke in the first season with Where the Grady went, Yeah, episode. when they went to Grady, yeah, and then when the, she's in the car with him. And she's like, yeah, she's I, listening to terrible music. Yeah, and it's like big something. I think that even his name is something similar. Um, in my head, Grady's I, in the band with that guy. I, I don't, I think that if this episode were to air today, they would de- it definitely have played the jokes different. Um, I mean, it was based on like, oh, this is funny because they're Asian. And like, there's been a long history of like, neutering or desexualizing Asian men. Um, so maybe I'm just like, I can see it more and more sensitive to it. But I think 100% now it would have been written very differently. Yeah, it would. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole bowing bit and like, I mean, I'm uh, allowed to say it was funny because I'm Asian, but like, I don't Ryan know. and I are being so quiet because we don't want to cross any lines at all. Well, no, I was just thinking about how if it were written today, I feel like K- the K-pop angle would have been played up to the point where it's actually really cool and not just like some weird thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah, K-pop is fucking yeah. cool been, right now. It would have been legit. It would have been played as legitimately cool, and all the other girls at the show would have known who he was and gotten excited about it. And to be it totally, be and when, to, but like to be honest, if they wanted to do this in 2021 and they wanted to set Summer up with someone who was in like an obscure kind of weird, awkward, shitty music, they'd be like whatever like indie rock is in 2021, right? Yeah. Which is what the OC thought was really cool in 2005 when this aired. I'm taking Win Butler to the prom. It's going to yeah. be great. Um, um, and also, so, and also, Seth's character would have been much more threatened in 2021 of a K-pop star than he probably was in 2006. Yeah, it was yeah. like played as like a silly joke. Whereas, like, I mean, have you seen those BTS guys? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I I was just listening to Butter before this podcast. The entire band is on my laminated list. Yeah, all yeah. of I'm them. Team I can't believe Dylan wrote that into the script. Right. Hey, you know. I can say multitudes. Um, so Ryan does another weird patriarchal Volchek pop in. Um, I hate he, it. He's like, he's just like, don't mess this up for Marissa. Uh, but Marissa catches him and he kind of does a save like, oh, I was just here to like invite you guys to take pictures before. <laughs> this um, goes back to what she- I said earlier about Seth and Summer. Mm-hmm. Like just, they, I mean, we're in 2006, right, Dylan? Is that when this aired? Yes, we're in like, April 2006. Like cell phones fully existed in 2006. Text messaging yeah. fully existed in 2000. You can't text and be like, Oh, yeah. Pictures at Kirsten's tomorrow. No, I have to go to Volchek's house on the off chance, hoping that maybe Marissa will be there. But then I'm mm-hmm. just going to pop in and be like, hey, there's pic-. like, I don't know. I didn't like any of this. Like the communication issues that this show creates are insane. Yeah, I, I don't I don't like it. I don't buy it. He needs to stop meddling. I guess it kind of works out in the end, but not really. But this like <laughs> it works out because episodes- Marissa dies. Yeah, yeah, you just kill you kill one of the one of the, you know, reasons this plot line exists and then it disappears. It's great. Um, so Marissa comes out and she's like, oh, there's a snake in the shower. And that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> that was <laughs> made, my favorite line in the episode. Made no sense to me. No, but then I realized maybe it's like, you know, when you snake the drain and get all the hair out, maybe he was trying to cover up evidence that he was with other girls. Really hairy girls. It's possible. I feel like there was an actual, I feel like there was an actual snake. A snake. And she just so calmly was like, hey, there's a, a snake in the drain. There's <laughs> a snake in my shower. There's a snake in my boot. That's what Woody says when you pull his string. Man, Volchek is, is so hot. a dog paw on your hand? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like Alex got very hairy. Yeah. He's nice. just reaching over and like canoodling um so <laughs> His okay hand. not gonna lie the montage of all them getting ready during that song gave me the goosebumps mm-hmm. like i yeah. just thought it was really well done it was really sweet it showed them all doing it even showed volchek trying to figure out how to tie a tie gets that frustrated i thought it was sweet too it's kind of a throwback to him watching um sound and music trying to get to know marissa better and ryan not knowing how to tie a tie yeah but like, volchek doesn't have sandy there also i love it when she calls him kevin that cracks me up for some reason. Kevin Gidget. Kevin <laughs> Gidget. Gidget. Volchek. Vigidget Volchek. Yeah, my, sorry, uh, I think my, my connection dropped out for a second, but that was the music moment of the episode. Uh, Sid Matters, shout out to that song. It was played a lot in this episode. It got an extended montage. It was like the yeah. whole song. I mean, yeah. I, I got goosies for sure. I just thought it was really beautiful <laughs> and nostalgic and kind of captured all the feels that you're feeling. Maybe but, even but, more so like what your parents are feeling like, in that moment. But going back to what you said at the beginning about... Um, you know, how we both wanted Luke in this episode, because it was kind of a throwback to, hey, remember when all these people dated all these other people? 
it was like, like a book. It was uns- it was so unsatisfying whenever they were taking the prom photos and you just saw all of the wrong couples together. You know what I mean? I hated and you just it saw so like much. Marissa was alone and Summer was unhappy and, and I was like that's actually but I mean I didn't like it but I thought it was done on purpose and it was done well on purpose to make you unhappy mm-hmm. to just make you want the couples to be back together um, Marissa's dress is the outfit of the episode too very early aughts uh, for you um, next, okay so as they're taking pictures um, Kevin kind of excuses himself and you're like oh he's going to find <laughs> booze or whatever but we he actually encounters what we're going to call Chekhov's money roll Chekhov's Chekhov's uh, rack Chekhov's cash <laughs> um, okay I have to say, that prom set is lit as fuck. Taylor crushed oh, yeah. it. Yeah. That party Goody's was prom. so fancy. Yeah, Goonies prom. It really was. Goonies it was prom awesome. rips, man. I really liked the little segment where like the girl was on American Idol. Uh, I thought that was like an awesome snapshot of the era because that happened. That happened to several people on uh, on American Idol. Like they got to go home for one day to go to prom. Okay, that was my question because it seemed to me like that was really a time and place thing that I just didn't know the time or place for it because the scene kind of came out of nowhere. And so was that just really something that, like you said, something that was happening a lot in 2006? Because I don't even remember meeting that character in the show. Well, oh, I, Lisa, I, Lisa Tucker was actually on American Idol in real life. Okay. Oh, okay. that girl was from... Okay, okay. wow. Yeah, I she didn't... was from season five, American Idol. She made top ten the season that uh, Taylor Hicks won. See, this is why I listen to this show, because... It's for facts like that. I feel like I she just had. I feel like nothing. she just had like a, co- a fox. Like I almost had a cox. She, I feel like she almost just had like a fox contract or something that let her walk on to whatever show she wanted or something. I don't know. And she chose season three of the OC. That's right. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. I thought it was just kind of like a random shout out, or I was like maybe someone like won it in the auction, in like a charity auction or something, just like a walk on roll. <laughs> Make but a that wish. Makes a lot more sense. I want to be at Goonies prom. But no, that happened to several of the contestants. I mean, a lot of the times it would work itself out because they would just get like sent home. But um, I remember there was one girl. Uh, now, of course, I don't remember her name, but she like asked Simon to go to prom with her jokingly. And then uh, in the age of social media, when it started to become a thing, there were people who were like in Hollywood week together that didn't make actual American Idol, but they would like go to prom together. I was big into American Idol Tumblr back in the early aughts. Wait, do you remember Brooke White from American Idol? She was my all time. Yeah, favorite. she the was my all time favorite. Yes, she was incredible. That was a great season. That was the that was the uh, the Tulsa guy Adam season, Le- I think. Uh, oh, was yeah, it? David Cook season. I think it was yeah. David Cook season. Yeah, David yeah. Cook was good. David man. Cook was amazing. Yeah, and he was from uh, Tulsa. Like I recognized him from seeing him places. Um, that was David versus that was David Cook versus David Archuleta in the finals of that season. I watched a yeah. lot of American Idol around this time. And that the Michael something the, the guy who died, but he was Australian. He was so good. Oh, it was so wait, sad he that died? he died. Yeah, he he had like a, a embolism or something. I did Volchek not know. That. I, know who, I know who you're talking about. I didn't know he died. He was cool. Michael Johns, that was his name. He was really cool and he always picked bangers just saying. That was a great season. Yeah, Brooke White is my forever number one though. I, I was like in love with her. And then the season after guy. season after was Adam Lambert. We need to do a bonus just on American Idol. Oh hell yeah. That's a perfect bonus for when I'm rearing a child. Because I didn't watch American Idol. I would watch the first two episodes of every season with all the bad people. It'll just be Chelsea and I talking. We'll have a soundboard that just makes like fart noises. And that basically <laughs> you contribute to this podcast. So. It'll make my dad laugh, which is yeah. so it'll serve its purpose. Well, perfect. Okay. So I have some questions um, about this prom scene. 
Uh, first of all, I, I hate that Anna and Seth are scheming again. Like she, Anna always brings him down that path, but also he's just a fucking child. So that's really annoying. But being said, Summer Wasted is so funny and cute. Yes. Like whenever she's pantomiming yeah. about uh, throwing his bones to the sharks. Like that's so funny. I'm kind of at the very beginning of this whole Anna coming to California thing for prom. I think she has an ulterior motive, but it's unclear if she does. And I at prom is when I really got that feeling like where she was like, no, don't go over there and just tell Summer the truth. This is all a part of my plan. And it just so happens that her plan involves pretty much going to prom with Seth. Well, no, I thought the same thing. Like I thought, are, are we sure that, Anna, I mean, first of all, it's insane that they had to bring her back because like I said, Seth isn't capable of doing anything on his own. But once she is back, I'm thinking, does Anna like Seth? There's no, I mean, for us to be like, oh, they're such good friends that haven't talked to each other in two years, but they're such good friends that she just wants to help him this badly. I don't buy it i feel like she's into him and she still kind of wants to be with him and i agree with you when when they're at prom and she's um and seth is starting to question the plan and she has a line there's a scene where she's basically like no no no, trust me trust the plan and i felt like she was about to be like because the actual plan is for you to just get over summer and move on to yeah right yeah it's her being written in is just so ham-fisted and i love that it seems like they were almost kind of aware of that when they had that whole scene with anna going and talking to summer for phase one and anna going you're still my blanche and summer going like just not having it and saying no but that was yet another scene where it would have been so easy to just be like hey i'm here to tell you because i mean which isn't saying that she would have had to do this but hey i'm here to tell you that seth didn't get into brown that's why he lied to you and there's nothing yeah she didn't even try right she was just like nothing's happening like okay annoying go away i will say the writing for summer was a little weird because summer summer put so much stock into this hug that she saw them have at the airport like she thought oh i saw you hug her which means you're back together and i was like that's not at all what that means yeah that's that's not a that's no so this is what really bothered me about the episode is like summer's adorable she wins prom queen because of course summer's perfect she fought first of all that's very poor safety on that Goonies ship, how they have railings everywhere except for where people stand to talk. But yeah. when Summer falls, she falls down roughly the same distance that Johnny did. Yeah, and she she, she breaks something. <laughs> she, falls, she goes full Jeff Hardy, like front flip through a table. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's... Okay, this is one of those things, these issues that I had that I don't know if it's going to if it's going to land or if it's going to be like, Dylan, no one cares, but I'm just going to go for it because we're almost done with this season. So when Summer wins prom queen, Taylor says two years in a row. How does Summer win senior prom queen two years in? She didn't. This is the first time she's won prom queen. No, she won prom last queen last year. She won it. Yeah, she wins. We watched her win it last year. I thought. She, I thought that was just that was another prom. They went to prom twice. Maybe they have junior yes. prom and senior prom. We watched okay. her win prom queen last year. Yeah, I thought that was just the Yule Ball. No, they have another episode. It was the episode where Seth was talking to George Lucas about going to prom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Someone say my name? I don't remember. <laughs> How do you forget that? And he, he showed up. Wanted, and I she just won wanted to do that voice. That's I just didn't think on. it was prom. I was just, because like. How do you, the senior, whole episode with George Lucas that you love revolved around prom. But I know, but the, the thing that I just don't, con- the thing that just confuses me so much is, so does that mean at this fake high school, Imagine you were there for your senior year of high school and you're a popular girl and a junior, like senior prom. Year, and a junior beats you for prom queen. I don't think that's that weird. I only you, went to my junior prom. I didn't go to my senior prom. I think that's weird. I would that would cause a riot okay. in any normal American town, I feel. 
Okay. Chelsea, you, Chelsea, you can move on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm like scratching my head right now. All right, so let's talk. Let's <laughs> talk not. about um, Volchek shenanigans. So he walks in, and, and Anna Lynn McCord makes like an awesome cameo, and you can just yeah. tell she is like the bad bitch. So she sniffs him out. She's like, oh, he definitely has some weed. So she kind of lays her um, seductive trickery on him. But it's really not trickery. Like, he knows what she's after. She knows what they're after. Suddenly her and Gidget are furiously making out outside. Marissa happens upon... Well, no, first Ryan finds them and tries to stop Marissa, but Marissa sees them. I did love that cameo. And speaking of cameos, this is a complete sidebar. Uh, Something else that I... Read, I can't remember where I read this recently, but it was that Giselle, Giselle Bunchen, recorded a cameo for the OC. Like she was on an episode of the OC, but that scene got cut, I think. But if you go there, she's still listed on the credits of the episode that she was on as being in the OC. Oh, weird. So I don't love that, but okay. So whenever Marissa catches him making out with Anna Lynn McCord, he says some really like cruel remark about how, oh, you dress me up in these fancy clothes and tries to parade me around and fix me or something like that. But I just thought that was ridiculous because of all things, Marissa's made it very, very clear that she wasn't trying to like, she didn't see him as a project. She was with him because she felt bad about herself. She wasn't and trying to Ben Affleck him. Yeah, and he was, like, <laughs> really hot. But, like, she was not... It was not a J-Lo Ben Affleck situation. And she never intended for it to be. I mean, He's I have insecure. questions about this coming up with my and my questions later, just about the bigger, like, kind of macro level. What is that? I just want to let you know that Annalyn, um, Annie Lynn McCord's name for this episode is Hot Girl. Yes. Yeah, That's fitting. true. She is a hot girl. Um... No, my, I mean, I have some bigger questions about this coming up in my episode just about the entirety of the the beef between Ryan and Gidget and how I feel like maybe Gidget just dated Marissa as some weird spiteful way to get back at Ryan. And I, th- I knew it started as that, but I feel like after it eventually moved on to actually them being more about them and not about Ryan. But I feel like it was just all about Ryan the whole time. I buy it. Well, then Which is insane why, that so many things on the show are the about finale, Ryan. Why would the finale have happened like that then? That's a great question, actually. I didn't think about that. That's a good I think question. it began as a spite Ryan, but then based on the whole, this is stupid, but like based on the sound of music thing and based on the trying to tie his tie thing where he's showing those little moments of actually yeah. maybe appearing to care. Then why would he act like, in the way that he did in this episode? Because he's afraid to get close with anyone and he's afraid to let people know that he actually is heartbroken. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's I, just, think, he, he's I think so he's hot. very overwhelmed by the, this is never going to, like, this is such a fish out of water situation. Like, this, we just don't belong. I, I think it was, it, he knew that it was culminating to that. And she was going to break up with him sooner or later anyways. So it <laughs> he was knew he was like going to have to kill her at some point. Dylan, or sorry, Chelsea, you can keep going. Oh, well, I didn't really have anything else to add. But, no, I just um, want to cut Dylan off ahead of time just to get that out. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. He probably was just feeling really inadequate in the moment. What, How big of a piece of shit he was is kind of slapping him in the face in this moment when he sees, oh, wow, she's surrounded by caring parents and this fancy party. And um, this is just not where I belong. And she does not belong with me, obviously. I'm, I'm a creep. I don't belong here. <laughs> mm. Um. So the adult stuff in this episode was like pretty boring. Like it was kind of just obligatory. God. I felt like um, after they take prom pics, um, as Dylan likes to say, Doc Ock and Julie have dinner with the Coens, and in the kitchen, Kirsten admits to um, have having fallen off the wagon to Julie. I just felt like one of those things where Kirsten needed to tell somebody, and she couldn't tell Sandy. So, so Julie's the only person really left in her life at this point, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, their their communication breaks down they Sandy and Kirsten so much. And as Ryan has said time and time again, this is like an entire plot point on both ends that could have just so easily been resolved by just I mean, just like Seth, I guess, just by telling someone the truth. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. And now we just have the same thing over three episodes. Um, so they go to the after party at the bait shop. Um, of course, it's an awesome, badass after party, too. Amazing um, job DJing, Ryan. <laughs> is this the uh, last time we see the bait shop ever? Is it in season four? I think no, Volchek kills the four. bait shop. Oh, it is? Okay. okay. Does Ryan not work? No, Ryan works at another bar. They 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 go, they go move all of their fun activities to like the shopping center for yeah. season eight, don't they? Yeah. Season four, but yes. It's like an, out, it's like an outdoor season eight. mall. Oh. <laughs> it's like an outdoor mall, so Ryan really loves it. And Marissa didn't live to see it. That's oh, so sad. There was a mall in her house. Maybe, um, maybe the Newport group built it. So Ryan and Teresa are talking, and Teresa's kind of like, oh, you know, nothing casual could ever happen to, between us because there's too much history. That was a bizarre and, scene. Yeah, it's like it's like they're talking about how nothing can happen between them, and then she leans in for a kiss. Yeah. And casual stuff is happening between them for like all of these episodes. Yeah, I didn't understand. It doesn't make that. any sense. Also, um, at this point in the episode, hadn't Teresa already told Ryan that she was kind of dating some vague yeah. guy? And she leaves to like take a phone call with them. So I didn't really understand what's going on there. But like they didn't even give him hey, a name. Steve, he didn't even Asian microaggression. He didn't even what? get to be like hot girl like Anna Lynn McCord. He's just <laughs> the guy. I just got I just got I just got milkshake ducked for quoting Wayne's world. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mike Myers uh, is going to get me canceled. Uh, I will say it's it's kind of, the shot is kind of funny because Taylor just screams bloody murder and it like starts inside of her mouth and then zooms out and you just see like her big open mouth screaming. Um, yeah. Because her five her roll of five thousand dollars is stolen. Which like why on earth was she just like carrying that in her purse and then leaving her purse places? Like why was she, why did she not like you know stick. Duct tape that to her inner thigh, or give it to her mom for safekeeping, or like that I don't mom. Know. Her mom's terrible. If well, I... her mom wouldn't. Her mom wouldn't steal money. Like, not, she's not tape. that kind of terrible. She's a privileged white girl. She doesn't know that she needs to hide her money. How? Oh. Hold on. This. How much money do you have to have on you to merit duct taping it to your inner thigh? Five thousand dollars cash. Twenty dollars. Okay, we have twenty dollars from Ryan and five that man. If I got this for Prices Right rules, I would have won. <laughs> yeah, you, you. Oh boy. So of course Ryan, uh, you know, turns on Atwood mode and goes to Gidget's <laughs> house, and of course the money's just like sitting there. Like I mean, this whole thing was just a cry for help. Like Gidget wanted to get caught. He wanted to get caught smoking weed. He wanted to get caught making out with that girl, or else he wouldn't have done it so openly. And he no, knew I feel like we're. I, I feel like we're differing opinions here. I feel like he wanted to lure Ryan to his house. Like that's he. This was all his big plan to get Ryan to him so that he could fight Ryan. I don't know, but how? Why, what would explain the next episode? And what would explain him like not really even fighting back that much? He did, he tried to. He tried to. Ryan beat the shit out of him. Yeah, Ryan overpowered him using his raw uh, masculine. I mean, energy. there was a scene okay. in the fight where where Gidget had the thing above his head that was almost just like an exact scene, like of re- Trey like, of Trey with the phone, and that's when Ryan like went Super Saiyan and flipped him over and beat the fuck yeah. out of him. So just totally pummeled him. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll talk more yeah. about this later. I was gonna say it ends kind of an abrupt place, but um, now now we can move on to the next episode. That's my that's my last note. Is I think Volchek's hurt. So yeah, I mean it ends with them fighting. Ryan traces it. Ryan tracks him down, finds the money, and then they get into a fight. They get into a fight because Gidget 
stops him from walking out and says like you know i could have her when basically i could have her tomorrow on her back how does that make you feel and it makes ryan go lose his shit and like go yeah. crazy and beat the shit out of him. um you kind of hate to see gidget's face all mashed up like that it's kind of like in fight club when jared leto I wanted to gets, destroy gets something all... beautiful yeah i know i got the creepies <laughs> <laughs> it's uh that what number episode is that that's episode 23 yeah 23 and, uh, it really does just abruptly end like i was kind of surprised that it ended just in like basically the middle of the fight so i had some notes here oh uh at the beginning of the episode when seth and ryan are talking about uh who to take to prom seth brings up tina Wu once again third year in a row we've got a tina Wu reference she was the improv girl mm-hmm. and then in season two they referenced that like she left and the improv group was less funny now and now she's brought up again here um <laughs> And then my other, my only other note was just that Luke sort of showed up at the end of this episode and just swept Marissa off her feet and taken her to Portland and then just lived happily ever after. We wouldn't have to kill her anyway. My, uh, it would have been such my, a graceful exit. She would have exited with dignity. The dig no way. The only other note that I have is not only do we have a mention of K-pop in this episode. That's right, Todd. K-pop. But we also have Sandy taking a selfie with Ryan. Yeah, with the fully turned around camera. The full Digital selfie. camera. Remember digital cameras? How they're for like I, five years, some, digital cameras were running shit. Somewhere there is a digital camera with a whole bunch of pictures that I took in high school that no one should ever have to look at. And I worry that I'm going to find it at some point. I remember it was such a chore uh, after a date party because you had all these photos on your digital camera and you had to upload them to Facebook and then you had to go through and tag them. Um, We don't have to do that anymore. Now with Instagram, you have to condense it to just the one best picture of the night. Those photos, um, that's actually a great point. But those photos all still exist on our old MySpaces, even though MySpace doesn't really function anymore. Those photos are still on the website somewhere. Also, don't forget. Zanga shit. Don't forget, we probably all had photo buckets that still exist because I recently found my photo bucket of all my old high school photos. Oh, no. Yeah, you guys just saw my face cringe. Post some of them on the gram. I think I found one, them when we were starting this podcast. I had to find old photos of me from high school. That's where I found them. Oh, one, one final note. I'm, I'm trying to keep track of any time it's proven uh, beyond uh, a reasonable doubt that the characters in this show listen to this podcast. Um, and the evidence in this episode was when Summer said regarding Anna, uh, she's got a dumb name and dumb hair. And dumb feet. Yes. So we agree. Thank you for listening, Rachel, and uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the next episode for you. That'll get us into episode number 24, The Man of the Year, which features Sandy Cohen on screen. His time is back up for 7 minutes and 11 seconds, a cool 7-11. I'm going to toss it now to Dylan, who is absolutely not the man of the year. I'm the man of the decade, and do you know what we're going to talk about right now? We're going to talk about how on Star Wars Day in 2006... 5.1 million people were not watching Star Wars. They were watching The Man of the Year written by Stephanie Savage. I said when we started recording that I thought this was maybe the best episode of of season three. Like, I loved how... And for, uh, other than the Ryan Gidget stuff, which I have was like, that's kind of out of out of control. But other than that, I the specifically with Sandy, Kirsten, and Seth, just like how information was transferred, just like how information was power. And like, Sandy, it's not good. And like, Seth only learned about stuff with Sandy because he like eavesdropped on his mom. And like, um, Sandy only learned about stuff from Seth because he got this note from the, the napkin thing. Anyway, I thought it was really great. Um, I'll give you the quick synopsis here from the OC Wiki. And then I, then I have 10 questions for you. Actually, I have 11. I have a bonus. Oh. Buckle up. Sandy is voted man of the year by Riviera magazine due to his work for the hospital, but at the same time is having trouble with the law for his connections to Henry Griffin when Dr. Griffin's mob connections are made public. Although Seth is happily back together with Summer, he's not out of sorrow. Kirsten struggles with alcoholism again, and Sandy finds out Seth lied about being accepted into Brown University. 
Meanwhile, Marissa visits Caitlin at her posh boarding school, who needs her help mm. to get out of trouble with another student. After Ryan brought Volchek to the hospital after he beat him nearly to death, Volchek wants Ryan to help him with some illegal activities, which includes burglar burglary and the theft of a car. Otherwise, he will bust Ryan to the cops. By the end of the evening, Seth's future may be going up in smoke. Literally. Ah! <laughs> Shout out to the writer of that, which was not me. Anonymous Eagle. No. Let's get into this. Question number one, something we kind of got into a minute ago. Should Ryan... So we, the scene opens with... The show. The episode opens with Ryan go taking Gidget to the hospital. And the hospital... The hospitalmen are asking him, like, what happened? And Ryan <laughs> is about to say to him, like, I beat the shit out of this guy. And Gidget, like, stops him and says, no, we just got jumped by some randos. And then Ryan basically disappears. But before he disappears, Gidget tells him to, like, come to my house tomorrow. This isn't over yet. And my question is, should Ryan go to Gidget's house at all? Like, what what do you do in this situation? You just leave and you never talk to him again, right? Like, I feel like you've won at this point. But the bigger, like I said, kind of the macro question here is, what is gidget's beef with ryan where did it begin and why is it still happening was it he is he still just embarrassed from when ryan broke the bottle and acted like a crazy person or sure i don't know i mean i truly don't know what his beef is to answer question one i think first of all yes you absolutely leave and never interact with him again but i think that the reason ryan did is because maybe he was thinking that gidget covered for him and lied for him or whatever and he's kind of in a way he has to do what he says or else he could go back on his word which he kind of shows that he would end up doing when actually ryan actually showed up and said i don't want to do this gta mission no you're going to do this gta mission but two his beef with him i'm i'm thinking about all the interactions like the major interactions that ryan has had with gidget we forget that the very first time he meets gidget he fights him on the beach and it was like a sucker punch and Volchek didn't kind of get his two cents in. He just got sucker punched and then he left. Second time they interact is the bottle breaking. Ryan's like, I'm going to kill you, ma'am. So again, Volchek doesn't get an opportunity to sh- to fight him, to defend himself or anything. And so I think this whole time his beef is just this dude sucker punched me way back at the beginning of the season and he's getting in my way and I, I just don't like him. So I want to fight him. I think that's okay. what his beef is. But is it still like that was so long ago? Like even in the recording timeline of our podcast, that feels like months ago. That was back when Johnny was alive. That was a Johnny world we were still living in. (laughs) Yeah. And I just feel like that That was so... That feels like eight seasons ago. That feels Mm. so long ago. He's still just holding on to that. And that's why this is all happening. Because he's mad that he punched him at once like, like on the beach. The only reason I think I think yes is because one, he's the kind of dude that just holds on to stuff like that. I, I feel like. But two, for someone whose whole persona is based on being like this, I don't care, tough guy, that's like the one way you defeat the I don't care, tough guy is by like making him care and not look tough. And that's exactly what Ryan did. So like Ryan, by doing that, Ryan was like threatening who Volchek was like essentially. And so, I mean, that's that's my take, at least. I kind of go based. I mean, I had I was going to bring the theory that like mm-hmm. this whole thing was about Ryan the entire Gidget Marissa relationship was about Ryan until Chelsea said what she said a minute ago about why does the finale play out in the way that it does in which I feel like it is I feel like Gidget I mean we're jumping ahead to next week but like I feel like Gidget does have something for her obviously he wants to talk to her and he ends up killing her but I just feel like a lot of this has more to do with Ryan than it does with Gidget and Marissa 
and it goes back to this weird thing that happens in this show where like the entire world just revolves around Ryan. He's not oh, yeah. just the main character in his own mind. He's the main character in the world of the OC. Yeah. Question number two. Chelsea, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Did Ryan leave Teresa at the after prom party alone? And she is she the guy is 28 years old? That seems weird. Does Teresa live? It doesn't Teresa live in Chino? And is Ryan leading her on? Because there's a scene where Ryan goes gives the money back to Marissa at the diner, and she's like, uh, "Yeah, I'll give this back to Taylor." Which I don't know why Ryan couldn't just give it to Taylor. He had to have Marissa give it to Taylor. And then he's like, "Well, can I buy you breakfast first? And it felt very like almost like kind of flirty ish because I don't think I mean they're trying to be friends. And I don't know how well they're accomplishing that. But it feels like he's kind of leading Teresa on because I think we all know that Ryan would rather be with Marissa. Yeah, and I mean you touch on something that that I forgot to mention in the last episode, so. I don't know if he left her at that party ultimately, but I do know that he left her there by herself for a period of time and then went back. There's that whole scene where we're no, I think to he left her because she calls him in the morning of this. That the, when this episode starts after the credits, it's the morning after prom mm-hmm. because that's when mm-hmm. Summer has a headache and that's when Ryan is waking up and getting a phone call from Teresa, who basically is like, "Hey, did you take? Hey, what was that thing you had to take care of?" And basically giving him the rundown of what happened after he left. He fully left her and just yeah, she, I think he just left ran away. Sure. Yeah. He left her in that room because, like, she was in a room by herself because I guess Ryan didn't want the fact that there was a thirty-year-old woman at the after party to freak out all the teens, and so he locked her in that, like, put her in that so room by herself. Her. <laughs> yeah, just but like, stay d- here, mom. Like I said, she seems older, and she's dating a twenty-eight-year-old, which seems very off-brand for the show for someone to be dating up instead of down. But um, also, she offers to come like bring him dinner that night and i was like doesn't she live in she does she live in newport now and we just didn't get that doesn't she live in chino isn't that like a hell of a drive it's like 40 minutes i, think. I know i there's so many holes and if she did the, the other thing is why wouldn't they run into each other sooner if they both lived in chino or if they both lived in newport she's probably staying at the mermaid inn she's like big time like she's, With the baby she's a big and girl the now. nanny no, I bet she does live in a better city. I don't think she still lives in Chino because there wouldn't be a big fancy hotel there for her to work at. That's true. That's true. Uh, question number three. Was it Julie's place to tell Kirsten that Sandy was being investigated? Yeah, I think it is. You really? I, I Wow. Yeah. Hang on. Let me get into it. So there's a scene um, where Kirsten, Sandy, Julie, and Neil are all having dinner together. Dr. Roberts. Um, and Dr. Roberts tells Sandy that he's being questioned by the district attorney because the district attorney is investigating Sandy and the hospital and Dr. Griffin. I'm trying so hard to understand this <laughs> to storyline. Yeah. Um, and so he's just giving Sandy a heads up like, Hey, there's an investigation going on. We feel like Griffin might be dirty and we're, you're going to get involved in it because you're involved in it. So Sandy has got a little rattled that he's going to be investigated and he doesn't tell Kirsten about it. And Neil tells Julie about it. And then Julie tells Kirsten about it. And you think that it is her place to tell Kirsten that I'm going to support Chelsea yeah. and I'm going to support Chelsea mm-hmm. in this way. Whenever, um, so let's just look at the question itself. Was it Julie's place to tell that to Kirsten? No, it was not her place to tell that to Kirsten. It was Sandy's place to tell that to Kirsten. However, when Julie told Kirsten about that, she was under the impression that she already knew. No, she wasn't. Mm -hmm. No, she was not. She specifically says, I'm telling you this. And she, she tells Kirsten, Sandy knows about this. No, no, no. Oh, wait. Yes, no, I'm you're right. right. Okay, right. yeah, you're right. You're right. So the she the, the told difference Kirsten was knowing that Sandy didn't tell Kirsten. Okay, you know anyway, what? I don't think I, in that case I don't think it was her place. I, I don't think it was that, either. 
I yeah, think you stay I, out of their business. Like you've you've yeah. you've given him a heads up, and what he does with that information is on him. And for him to not tell her is fucked up. But like, let them be fucked up. Yeah. Now, if if she for some reason I thought that she was just telling him that that Doc Ock was meeting with the DA. Um, but yeah, if if she's saying, "Hey, your husband's being investigated," and I thought you should know, that's that's gossipy. I don't think that's uh, that's her place to tell. Granted, they are really good friends now, and they tell each other a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah, so I don't no, know the girl they're code. absolute they're absolute best friends, and she knew that Kirsten was drinking. Um, I think it was completely within her realm to tell her. The epilogue to this question is: What happened to New Match? Is New Match still a thing? Because it comes back in season four, right? Yeah, I think they're just on. They're just taking a breather because Julie's really excited about actually getting married, and um, Kirsten is back off the wagon. Question number four. It's multiple parts here. Um, so we see Ryan does eventually go back to Gidget's house. They meet up, and Gidget like somehow Jedi mind tricks him into going along with some random like GTA heist, like Dylan said, where it's like, "Hey, I need your help with a thing." So my question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how stupid is it for Ryan to go along with this plan and just agree to do it? Why did he do it? And why, why would he do it in his own neighborhood driving Sandy's car? It, it's 11 is how stupid I think this whole plan is. Because the only repercussion that Volchek, or I'm sorry, is that his name? No, Gidget. The only repercussion that Gidget gives him is, I'm going to tell the police. And Ryan's like, who are they going to believe? And Gidget literally says, I don't care if they don't believe me. So like, if he doesn't go along with this GTA thing, Gidget is going to tell the police that Ryan beat him up, despite the fact Ryan ultimately was defending himself. And he, even he acknowledges the police won't believe him. So it's an 11. I don't know why Ryan did this. He just did it for the plot, for the rush, and because he has a savior complex. Yeah, it's a savior complex. It's also like they needed it in the as a device since it's kind of how he got to a new port. So you're worried like, oh, my God, is this going to be how he, his new life he's been working on these last three years get taken away from him? Um, Ryan is being ridiculous, though. Like, all they have is, like, one man's word against the other, and Ryan has a, um, you know, rich parents and one who's a lawyer at his disposal. So it's kind of ridiculous. Like, who are they going to believe, Ryan's or a man of the year. digits? Like, they're probably going to believe Ryan's. So this is a quick question to Dylan. I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but since Ryan has turned 18 now, right? He recently turned 18. Is he now still, like, on the hook for doing bad things? Like, he could get kicked out of school. Like, he, none of that's really in play anymore, right? Like, he can get into a fight, and it will be okay, ultimately. Right. So, I mean, okay. it, de- it depends on the underlying, and I won't get into the details, don't worry, but it depends on the underlying plea agreement. Sometimes, if you're charged as a minor with something, unless it's you're bridged over into an adult when you turn 18, those charges are pretty much, they're gone. Um, however, if he does, you know, beat the crap out of someone or steal a car, he can now be charged as an adult and he has a prior on his record. Like your charges don't go away from when you're a kid, but, but like, like in a previous, in a previous episode this season, he was like, I can't fight you because I don't want to get in trouble. I've already made enough trouble. And now, uh-huh. and I, like, but like, that's all off the table now. Cause he's yeah. an adult. He's out of school. Like, okay. yeah, I think he just honestly means like in general, he doesn't want to get in trouble, but like, no, it's not going to be like a violation of his probation or anything like that. Okay, question number five, and this was infuriating to me. Like, <laughs> this was just infuriating. And I don't know if I ever noticed it before this rewatch. Why does Seth, after everything we just went through, because I think we forgot to mention that Seth and Summer get back together at the end of the last episode. Like, they are fully back together because Seth told her while she was drunk 
that he didn't get into Brown. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet, which is a whole other thing I could have gone off on, which I didn't. They're back together. Summer has forgiven him. And, like, everything's fine, which is just its own nightmare hellscape that I don't want to get into. I hate it. Why, after all of that, even if, even if it's a small, minuscule, doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, immediately after everything we just went through, why did Seth immediately lie to Summer about his mom? Okay, um... I think that's different I, because he might have not yeah. been sure how his mom wanted to deal with it. I that's the that's the only thought that I had is maybe he. I mean, and I, I'm saying this, and I know that we've used this as a reason to not like Seth in the past, but because of the nature of what's going on and Kirsten's struggles with alcohol, I feel like it wasn't necessarily Seth's place to say anything about it unless Kirsten gives him the approval to. I suppose. Um, especially or because of how intertwined the families are now. He might have just um, been so jarred that he was still processing it himself. So it hadn't gotten to the yeah, point of him lying to Summer. It might have just gotten to the point of like, oh my God, I still have to figure out like, what the fuck? I haven't even talked to my dad about and, this. And, and I feel like it was, I feel like it was, it was a white lie. I feel like where he said, my mom's just not really feeling well. I need to stay here and take care of her. I need a rain check on dinner. Like, and I, just, honest, I don't know yeah. if it like Summer was confused. She felt like she even said like, you're acting weird. And he's like, well, maybe I'm sick too. And it's like, that's not a white lie. That's just dumb. That's you yeah. once again, doing the same shit that got you in trouble in the first place. You're starting a new avalanche that you're going to fucking crush yourself under if you keep going down this path. And maybe it's just like me, relationship person, adult now, but it's like, Mm -hmm. that seems like a great opportunity to tell her exactly what's going on, to be like, hey, I'm going to be open and real with you now. Here's what's going on instead of being the same old bullshit as before. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I fucking hate Seth. Let us us know in the the comments. Um, Yeah, it's... It's a sticky wicket. Um, I also don't like how he ultimately responded to everything, and he just decides to get high and burn a building down, but that's neither here nor there. I also, um, I don't know if this involves, it relates to this, but I don't know if it's directly related to a question you have coming up, but I also do not think it was his place at all um, to follow her to AA and eavesdrop on an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Interesting. I actually don't, I kind of don't really have a question about that, but that's okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's like it's in the name, and if you have some dude who's not Never in the thought, class, I didn't consider that. It's literally who's standing the name. out yeah. there. It's like, hi, my name's Dylan, and I'm an alcoholic. And he goes, okay, so someone named Dylan in the community, like, dude, what are you doing? Don't he's do just that. Taking, he's like taking notes. Yeah, <laughs> for his burn book. Uh, all right, question number six. There's a lot of questions wrapped up here. Is it weird that exactly one episode before they kill Marissa, they have her dress up as a foreign, sexy schoolgirl, <laughs> and? Is that her real accent that she was using in in this in this scene? See, I have I that think, same note. I think they wanted to sneak it in and let her do her real accent one time before they killed her. You so that is, was you, you think that was her real accent? And yeah, that's what they, and they wrote and they wrote the joke about how it seemed not real. Yeah, I think that's why they wrote that joke. They like the in jokes, just like a big, big Korea. I don't think that was her real accent. Surely not. She's. Did she have like a, it's like the Charlie Hunnan accent where it's like British, but also something else. I think that was just her doing a terrible British accent and then making fun of the fact that she has a weird accent by making her do no, a weird accent. No, she's British. I, yeah. Then how come she, I mean, and maybe I'm just imagining things. <laughs> then why does I, she sound American on the OC? <laughs> no, no, like in all the interviews that I've listened to and in the video that she sent us without prompting at all on Cameo, like she's, <laughs> she has the transatlantic accent. D- Dylan's expecting to... her to sound like uh, like Roy Kent or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I would be like, hello, it's me, Marissa Cooper. <laughs> I miss you, Luke. 
Um, <laughs> British well, Batman. Doesn't anything. That sounded nothing like Roy Kent, by the way. Yeah. I. You're right. That doesn't. That sounds like a character that I'm voicing on a new show that's premiering on YouTube this Friday. Um, no, but what I'm trying to figure out is so, uh, this is blowing my mind. Does she actually have a British-ish accent? Yes, like Dylan. Accent? Will you send me a video and po- we you post the video? You have a video. The video is on our Instagram of her talking to us. That is not British. That is not even close. That's oh just God. Marissa Dylan. Cooper. Shout out to Oklahoma. Am I that's just not Misha hearing Barton. something? Yeah, I think that's this is a you problem. Oh my gosh. She doesn't sound British at all. She sounds like herself. Chelsea, help me. Uh, yeah, you're crazy, Dylan. It's obviously they're trying to be like, this is her accent. Haha, ha, we're going to feature it one time. So oh the bigger gosh. the bigger kind of question here was that, so there's this, there's this whole plot line where Marissa goes to visit Caitlin um, at boarding school. And, you know, we meet, first of all, Caitlin's friend. I can't remember her name, but she's amazing. She's my new favorite <gasps> character. Yeah, Lucy Hale. I love her. Yeah, I love her. So Marissa's helping uh, Caitlin, like... She has to, like, seduce some, like, high school kid to get something back for Caitlyn. So she dresses up as, like, a hot school girl, tells him she's a stripper, ties him to a chair, breaks into his room, steals whatever she whatever. That's all fun. I really enjoyed that. But it also, to me, was like, oh, this is how much they don't have things for Marissa to do anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, one last funny hijinks before they kill her. Yeah. And then they got her to dress up as, like, a sexy school girl. And they're like, all right, we got that out of the way. Now we can fully just decommit from this situation. Yeah. <laughs> can, uh, Lucy Hale character um also i believe listens to this podcast so the um the in episode podcast listener sequence for uh, man of the year goes to the line uh when she's talking to her dad about um the valley she says what do you expect they're talking about how the ratings for the valley are going down she says quote what do you expect when you beat the same love triangle into the ground for three years (sighs) do we think it was the ryan Teresa, marissa love triangle that she was referring to i think it could have been that i think it also could have been the um seth summer anna Anna. i mean there are just so many triangles there's so many triangles in this show it's like freaking egypt man God damn it, Dylan. <laughs> that was funny. Follow up to that question. Did you did anyone know what a lipstick party was before the before this episode? Ew, I, did not. I, think I, yeah. I think I learned about it from this episode. I, I knew what it I, I I don't think those actually happen in real life though, right? What is a lipstick is it involve dogs? Dylan, you still don't know what a lipstick party is, do you? <laughs> I don't. I want you all to explain it to me so I can paint the ceiling and think about a lipstick party later. <laughs> Yeah, lipstick party. If no, for, if nothing else, lipstick party could be the name of this episode. Um, <laughs> We're gonna no, get all uh, the wrong you know, people coming up on the search. Like they're gonna be no, our, SC, our totally SEO. Good. Our SEO would boost our yeah. Would be great. <laughs> uh, it's a party, Dylan, where women and men get together, almost like a swingers party without probably without the keys. And the, but they all kind of hook up with each other, mostly doing oral things, and the women all wear different shades of lipstick, and you get oh. the weird, you get a fun color at the end of the night when oh. they all mix together. Or is, it, is it like the, yeah. are the lights out? You have to like guess who. I don't know what's going on. I've never, obviously, I've never partaken in anything <laughs> close to a lipstick party, but I do know someone who had. Like I remember someone telling me about one. Maybe he actually didn't. I have a feeling this is just a thing that this guy would have made up to seem cool. But I did hear from someone once, like in high school, though, about lipstick party stuff. Some of my clients like go or- to Burning Man and uh the the orgy tent and i asked them a lot of questions about it because like where else are you going to be able to just like freely ask people who do stuff and um there's some club it's called in the tent 
Yeah, and the tent. And they're also part of this club called the Hacienda, and you can sign up for... Yes, you told yeah. us about the Hacienda you people. Told us, you yeah. told us about the Hacienda And we're right podcast. back here, we're back right in the Hacienda. Back here. I know, so I'm wondering if they know more about lipstick parties. Maybe we should do some research. Every year at Bonnaroo, there's a rumor that there's like an orgy tent somewhere in the campgrounds, and like you hear about the rumor every year, and then I've even seen photos of the orgy tent on Reddit. Never found the orgy tent, though. Have you been actively looking for it, or are you just kind of like, oh, is there... No. I'm having deja vu. I feel like this is the point in this conversation where I have to say it's a rumor like the nude laura croft cheat code on playstation one i feel like we've gone here before or how you can bring eris back to life which would be the less crass version of that (laughs) um finally the last thing about this uh storyline is like how great is caitlin i fucking love caitlin she other than taylor like having taylor and caitlin together in season four just makes me love i want an entire show at Mm -hmm. this school which I guess is just Gossip Girl kind of. Yeah. Say it's, you mean you want Gossip Girl? Yeah, Willow Holland shows up in Gossip Girl, right? She's friends with Taylor yeah, Monson. I think we should watch uh, that show next! Yeah. She plays Agnes, and she's like a, a model or something. Okay, question seven. I'm trying to I'm trying to do my due diligence here and cover all the storylines, including this dumb fucking adult stuff. Oh, so Question stupid. number seven. Is Sandy, is Sandy really that torn between building the hospital and, like, justice? <laughs> I wrote, he ultimately breaks good, but isn't there another way for him to build the hospital? Like, is really is Griffin the only possible way for Sandy to build this hospital? Well, also, follow up, is Sandy is Sandy kind of shitty for reading the napkin note right in front of Summer after she explicitly asked him not to? I, yeah. That's a big dad that, move. That was kind of aggressive. Um, it was a dad move, but, like, I thought, I mean, Summer approached it wrong, though. She should have been, like... I sent you something. I'm really embarrassed. I, I want to do over. Can I just grab this? No questions asked. And Sandy's a reasonable guy. He probably yeah. would have said yes. Um, as for this hospital, what I don't understand is like, what exactly does the DA think that this Griffin guy did? Like, uh, we don't even know like what the big crime was, do we? Well, there's some sort of mafia ties. And I only know that because of the OC wiki explanation that I just read. But like, it's whatever, because the files that Sandy gets and gives to the DA are the same files he stole out of Matt's car when the parking garage. They are? Yes. So I thought, I thought. Thank you, OC wiki. I thought there wasn't actually anything. Well, no, I knew that because there's a scene. No, there is. No, 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 there is. Like the mob ties that he has are are the guys that beat the shit out of Matt. Like that's what that was. Yeah, I knew that. I knew that part. And so Matt files... has, but the files. I don't know what's on the files, but whatever the files are, they're very incriminating. And that's what Sandy stole out of Matt's car. And in that episode of the parking garage, they show Sandy putting those files into a safe. And then in this episode, it shows him going to that same safe, opening it, and pulling okay, those files out. Okay, I missed the safe, dude. What it's kind of the P tape. What kind of person, like, works with a mafia and keeps a paper trail of it? Uh, Peter well, Griffin. Welcome to, Chel- to Chelsea's mob corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Chelsea's, like, well, I watched, I, Chelsea's like, I watched Sopranos once. Okay. Yeah. Welcome I, to Gabagool yeah, Corner. Y'all, I, I work in construction, like, literally, so I can give Sandy some tips. No, I'm just kidding. I know you can uh, get some good concrete, is <laughs> what I'm trying to say. You want some balloons? But, like, ultimately, as convoluted as this story is, it eventually is spelled out in black and white terms when Sandy is talking to the district attorney guy, whoever that guy is. I don't think he's Otis. the actual DA. Otis. Mm-hmm. I don't think Otis is the actual DA. I think he's just, like, somebody else. Anyway. DA. Yeah. Um, he says, so my options are I can either work with you and take down Griffin, who is a criminal, or I can hope that you guys lose and I get to build a hospital. And I'm like, how is this difficult? This whole situation has put so much stress on your family that you... Uh, allegedly care about 
And you know, like Sandy Cohen always does the right thing, which I know is like obviously like the crux of this entire season is like, Sandy, is he going to do the right thing or not? I just don't understand the appeal of a hospital so bad. Here's why. Um, So you have two different inside Sandy. There are two wolves. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) One wolf seeks justice and like wants to see the bad guys put away for the most part, even though he was a public defender. But then on the other hand, the other wolf is the Sandy that wants to give back to the community, kind of like do the maps five sort of thing for Newport. Mm -hmm. And that hospital, I mean, they've hyped up this hospital, not because of the financial benefits that it would yield for the Newport group, but for how many people it would serve. That was the whole purpose of the churro uh, cycle and everything like that. It's like, look how many people in this community this is going to help. Look how much it's going to help revitalize. And I think even in this episode, they say that this is the beginning of the Newport Renaissance, is this this ho- this hospital. And so I think that Sandy is like, look how much good I can do for the people of Newport. And so you have justice for you know uh, the the few versus benefit for the many and i think that's kind of the the two sandys the two wolves that are fighting are what he cares about more and he ultimately chooses justice and helping out his family by not being a, a bag of, of of garbage but that's my take i think that no matter even though it's not plenty at all two wolf lipstick party is in the running for this for this it episode is. That, time. The inside you there are two lipstick wolves mm-hmm. <laughs> No, you actually did a good job of explaining it in a way that I hadn't considered it. It's like about the two things that he wants more versus is he going to do the right thing or the wrong thing. You know what, Dylan? You've actually contributed something to this podcast. Well, but the only thing I find a little frustrating is that he didn't really come to that. He kind of was back to do a corner. He didn't like freely was like, oh, I've I've broken bad. I need to go back to the good side. Um, He did it because his back was up against a wall with the DA. So I thought that was a little bit lame. I agree with that. And like I said, he does kind of, like I wrote, he breaks good, but uh, because he declines his man of the year, like the whole thing with the magazine, the magazine wants to make a man of the year because of this renaissance that he, I guess I just don't understand how a hospital could lead to this like community renaissance. Like it's a fucking hospital, right? Like I just don't understand that part of it, I guess. Um, But he ultimately declines becoming man of the year. He's not actually Caleb. Kirsten can drink happily now. Um, <laughs> question number eight. Was Seth right about what he said to his dad? Whenever they have this, which I thought was a great scene. I usually hate Seth, but like that was a really good scene with him in the hallway. Um, I feel like he stood up to his dad in a good way. So Seth, like Dylan says, uh, Seth follows. He, he finds out his mom is drinking again. Lies to Summer about it. Follows his mom. <laughs> Follows his mom to an AA meeting and eavesdrops to hear her say, my husband's work situation is causing a lot of stress and it's caused me to start drinking again. Seth comes home from that, sees his dad. His dad knows that about all the lies that he told. He knows that he didn't get into college. Knows about all the things that um, he wrote on the napkin. So they have like a really good tense showdown in the hallway. And, you know, Sandy basically says... Don't do drugs. She shouldn't have been doing drugs in her house. Seth says, would you rather me do it in my college dorm? And Sandy says, well, that would have required you getting into college. Yeah. And Seth says something along, says something along the lines of like, you don't even pay, like you're not paying attention to anything. Like that's why mom's drinking again. You don't pay attention to anything that's going on here. They frame it in a way to make it seem like Seth like won this argument. 
But I was just like, maybe this is just my anti-Seth bias coming out, but like Seth has also not been fucking paying attention to anything. He's been so obsessed with Summer and Brown, he only knows, he found out about his mom drinking like five minutes before Sandy does. Like, it's not like he's like some savior. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, I, I know literally wrote, it's not like Seth has been paying attention to anything other than Summer. So I don't know. Who, who won that argument? It was a draw. I think I think it was it was written to be a draw because their arguments mirrored one another. You know, would you rather I drink it in my college dorm? That would require you getting into college. Um, you know, you shouldn't talk to your father that way. Well, that would require you actually acting like my father. Draw. They part ways. I don't think that's, that's a draw. I don't think Sandy doing what he's been doing doesn't mean he hasn't been acting like Seth's father. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, no, Seth was being and, a child about it for sure. Even even though he only, even though he only uh, found out like a day before, I do think something should be said for how quickly Seth kind of jumped on top of the situation like okay i need to be here for my mom i'm going to lie to summer i guess Mm -hmm. have her go away so i can focus on this i'm going to make sure that i'm doing what i need to for her i'm going to tell my dad about it because that's the thing that kind of i guess leads into your question it's a question i have for you all i feel like seth told his dad because he wanted his dad to know it wasn't what seth usually does in kind of like the reactionary way I don't feel like it was like, Seth, these are all the things you're doing wrong. And then Seth comes back and says, yeah, well, guess what? You're also not doing the right stuff. I feel like Seth wanted to tell his dad to make it right. And it just so happened that it also came at a time where he was also getting a lecture. And so I'm actually, I'm kind of mm. team Seth. He was acting like a little kid. He was acting like a 17, 18 year old with how he handled it. Um, but my note was actually, oh my gosh, Seth actually seems to be doing the right thing by his mom for once, for no other reason. Like, there's no, Mm-mm. he has no ulterior motive here. It's just for his mother's benefit. This is probably my anti-Seth bias, and I will admit that. But like, it, to me, it seemed like he was just like weaponizing this information that he knew that his dad didn't know, and he was just using it to make sure that like he was being shitty back to his dad because he thought his dad was. Being, I don't think he, I don't think he cared that like. I mean, I'm sure he cared on some level that his mom was drinking again, but he was just using that information against his dad for no, himself, he was being like mom. a prick about it for sure. He wasn't like dad. I yeah. You know, if he was like really worried I, about yeah. Kirsten, he would have been like dad. Like before they even had the conversation, he would have been like, oh no, dad, mom's drinking. You know what right. I mean? They would have had a conversation. He yeah. would have been like an asshole about it. Mm-hmm. I uh, I did like that he um, that he did listen to Sandy. He honored Sandy, and he did not smoke weed in the house anymore. Question number nine: Did Ryan fall back into Chino mode while Gidget was stealing this car? Uh, because Gidget's like they they show up. They're they're gonna steal a car. First of all, we get a Taryn sighting. Great shout out to Taryn. Haven't seen yeah. her in a long time. She lives outside as well. Um. They they're they're breaking into a garage to steal this car, and Gidget starts Gidget's trying to get into this car and he's trying to hotwire it, and then there's like obviously of course there's a cop coming down the road, and Ryan just turns into like almost like a coach. He's just like, come on, go 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 go, and I was like, this is the part where you would just be like, fuck this, I'm out, which he eventually does, mm-hmm. but he's like fully encouraging him and like help trying to like get him, motivate him to like steal this car. And I just feel like that was very, like he slipped back into like Chino Ryan in that moment. Um, yeah. Also, he calls Marissa, he runs away. G- Gidget's in the car, he gets chased by the police. Ryan makes a great move and just runs away, which I thought was actually pretty smart. Calls Marissa. Leaving Sandy's and- car. Didn't think about that. Actually, didn't think about that at all. He fully, yeah, he definitely just left Sandy's car, but it was down the road, I guess. I don't know. That's actually, um, that could have come up later. He calls Marissa and says, you know, 
he doesn't say I need an alibi, but they basically says they established an alibi for him. Mm-hmm. I was with you all night, in case anyone asked. First of all, Marissa, ride or die as fuck. She's just like, yeah, no question. Yeah, she's asked. like, all right. Yeah, I, she still loves and ride trusts and, him. Ride and die. Ride and die is what oh, happens. Oh, no. I, I, I got to say, though. Is that the episode title for next week that you wanted to Well, no, the, my, mine is, st- I still really like the assassination of Marissa Cooper by the coward Kevin Volchak. Volchak, whatever the hell his name is, Gidget. But I will say this. Like, of all the Marissa Lives Outside jokes, I lost my mind when Ryan, in the woods, a.k.a. Marissa's house, is calling her and, in my mind, is saying, hey, I'm at your place. Can you meet me here? And I lost my mind. Like, I laughed out loud by myself, scared Todd. And so... You know what? This podcast is just so hilarious. I don't know. I don't know if you guys realize how lucky you are to be listening to this, but like I laughed so hard. So that's all I have to say. Chelsea, do you have any thoughts on Ryan not stealing a car with Gidget? Uh, none at all. I think that they I think that they honestly thought that they were building some kind of a terror within the people watching to go, oh no, this is how it goes down the same way that he got here. Symmetry. So at the end of the episode, whenever the cop car pulls up. <laughs> You don't know whether they're there for Ryan or they're for Sandy. And then, oh, it's a goop. It was Seth. Um, right. So that's that's my final question. But I don't think it really, I don't think it built up enough tension. It's I don't like think, Tenet. Yeah. I don't think anyone. No one's seen yeah, Tenet, Dylan. Actually There's thought like that three Ryan people that are like, he's right. Mm-hmm. So question 10, um, our last question of this penultimate episode. Um, the episode ends with Seth having to go to the Newport group to pick something up. Seth and Sandy have already had this kind of argument. Seth decides he's going to smoke a joint while he's there. And uh, I mean, I don't know what that's supposed to portray to us, the viewers. Like, oh, Seth must be going through it because he's smoking joints. Like, people don't just smoke joints every day anyway. Hey, hey. He smokes a joint. He leaves a roach on a desk the roach lights the fucking building on fire sandy declined his man of the year award at the uh, at the event and he gives the files that we've already talked about to to what's his name otis and then ryan and marissa are also pulling up which i guess he, they met up at her house i don't know whatever they see cops outside the cops are actually there because there's a fire seth burned down the newport group ryan thinks the cops might be there for him sandy thinks the cops might be there for him and then like chelsea said oh just kidding it's seth somehow they figured out that seth was responsible for this fire <laughs> yeah my yeah. question is how how oh i don't know yeah no that, that, that I, I thought that was your question it's like how yeah. No, no. My question. Well, one of my question is: Is this a good cliffhanger heading into the finale? No. No. Because he knew either. that Seth wasn't going to go to jail. Yeah. I thought it was stupid. right. Like I loved, I loved this episode up until this. I mean, I didn't love the Ryan Gidget stuff, and up until this point, in a season of bad episodes, I thought this one was great. But like this, this ending was basically like everything kind of resolved itself. Like there's not a lot of conflict going into the final mm-hmm. episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like everything, no. it feels like everything's fixed except for like, oh, Seth burned a building down. I'm sure like, it's happened before on the show. Nothing bad happened to them then, so why would it happen now? Right? Yeah, even the, even the Volchek stuff seems like it was fairly resolved. He drives off into the night, and you know, uh, Ryan fulfills his obligation to the uh, to the Gidget mob. Um, I, I don't, I yeah, I I didn't like the cliffhanger. I'll tell you what I did like. Um, I want a framed copy of Sandy's Man of the Year Riviera cover. That was a great picture. Um, it was. And also, I really liked his speech. I really liked it. So yeah, like what? So what is the conflict heading into the final episode? To me, the biggest 
conflict that needs to still be resolved is like what's going to happen with Seth and Summer in like college, right? Like that's something that they didn't even really touch on in this episode. But to me, that's kind of the big thing is like what's going to happen? They're going to graduate. We know they're going to graduate. But going into the finale, I guess the only real thing that I have questions about is like what's going to happen with them? I I think it was an intentional move to have there be very little setup, very little to do in the next episode, except kind of be like a celebration episode for the most part. Like, hey, you're graduating. Everyone's back together. This is great. Which then would give what actually happens kind of more of that punch. Yeah. Um, but well, that's me it really excuses. is. Sorry, I just interrupted you. It really is a hangout episode, if you guys can remember any mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's just kind of a feel-good, nostalgic type thing. And, and then the end punches. <laughs> Well, so uh, on that note, I have like two very quick bonus questions here. Bonus question number one was like, and I only just thought about this. Did we, I truly don't remember if I knew what was going to happen in the finale before I watched the finale. I feel like that's something we would all know now. Like there was going to be some, unless you would just avoid spoilers, but like I didn't think avoiding spoilers was a thing we did in 2007. So I, so I read about this, but what happened was everyone knew that someone big was going to die. Um, but no one knew who. And then Marissa accident, quote unquote, accidentally spoiled it on like uh, it was like Conan or Leno right before the episode aired. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Wow. I don't remember. Like that. it was like it was like, I mean, I, an hour before it happened. I just don't remember if I knew she was going to die or not. I remember watching it for the first time. I don't remember. I remember how it made me feel. I just don't remember um, mm-hmm. if I knew it was going to happen. Uh, um, so very minuscule, almost completely unrelated bonus bonus question. Is Neil being a little bitch in this episode? Uh, <laughs> because yeah. there's this scene with him and Julie where she's like, we're going to this dinner. And he's like, I'm not going. I, it's a conflict of interest. I was like, fuck off, Neil. I just don't like him. He's being a little bitch. I'm not a fan. Well, yeah, he, 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 he like was... acts like his daughter hasn't been dating his son for the last three years. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's mm-hmm. a great point, Chelsea. Well, I think that covers. Do you guys have any any final notes for this episode? It's almost over, you know? Yeah, I thought these two episodes were really fun, actually. I thought they were really fun. I thought the second one was really good. First mm-hmm. one was just chaos. I, yeah. I love how it ends. It just like like that scene with them panning out from Taylor's screaming mouth. That was the only thing wrong with the second episode is that Taylor wasn't in it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great point. God, I told you, this this show switches back and forth, like I said last week, between like Taylor and Summer and then Marissa and Summer over and over again. Dylan, do not touch that while we're doing the podcast. Um, I just got a bowl of food, everybody. So with that said, let's wrap this up before Dylan makes me do a lot more editing that I don't want to do. <laughs> we'll be back next week for the finale episode of season three. We have one episode to cover. If you're watching along with us, you only have one episode to watch. Obviously, if you've been listening, you know exactly what's going to happen. Hopefully, we didn't spoil that for anybody. That would be really... Uh, oh, we talked, I hope not. We I mean, we talked about it. We talk, like... We've been talking about Marissa dying since season one, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't uh, a metaphor. Um, I will say, if you actually want to get the full effect of next week's episode, is watch the finale, but then also go back and watch the entire season again, because we're going to also be doing kind of a general thoughts on the entire third season. Um, so you've got time. Start now. I thought you were going to say you expected us to also do that. Also, Chelsea's going to keep. Also, Chelsea's going to recap episode fifteen again. The heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> That, she that's, still doesn't. She still doesn't understand what happened in that episode. I, I don't think anyone does. I don't even I don't think either. that the writers do. Uh, but yeah. So next week will be the season three finale. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so at Cohen's Pod on Instagram. C o h e n s p o d. Send us some. Send us some DMs. Uh, you can also email us Cohen's Pod at gmail.com. Dylan, um, if they want to let us know how much they love us, what can they do? 
Well, they give us five stars, Ryan. Uh, give us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's not it's not any more complicated than that. Just you know, when you're sitting down, um, you know, when you're when you're at the office and you're uh, deciding to take a very long bathroom break, um, just to stick it to the man and prove that you can get paid to go to the bathroom. That's a perfect time uh, to just give us a five star rating and review. And so do it. There you go, Chelsea. I want to. I always throw it to you for like Chelsea's final thoughts. You have anything else you want to say before we leave? Um, I have really enjoyed hanging out this season. Um, it's been obviously not the best uh, source material in the world but we still love it and hopefully me and ryan and dylan have made it fun to revisit for everyone chelsea will not be here next week is what that sounded like i <laughs> um, okay. okay i have one legitimate <laughs> question oh, oh, i just sound like you were saying goodbye like that was the end we have another episode to no, go chelsea. I, was just, I was just reflecting on the last very very long uh 12 weeks it's been a long. It's been very long. Okay, now, like doing two episodes. I don't know how we did four. In I have season no one. Doing idea just how we two did that. episodes a week is draining me. Anyway, Dylan, what's your thing? Oh no, never mind. I was trying to figure out if in during this season, but it was last season. For so this season has been going on for so long. I was convinced that we found <laughs> out we were pregnant during this season, but no. In fact, that was like halfway through the second season. So that's not what happened. But. This has been going on for so long. I feel like um, a baby has been gestating for the entirety of the third season, which is not true. We'll come up next week. Also next week on the finale, we'll we'll, we'll spitball some bonus episode ideas so you can know what to expect from us in the the interim. All right. Well, that's it. We'll see you next week for the finale. Uh, Yeah. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.